Hey everyone, welcome to episode 62 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, and it is definitely summertime in Florida, and unbeknownst to many, we are right in the middle of a little-known celebration known as Air Condition Appreciation Days. Are you serious? No, no, I'm totally serious. Um, This time of appreciation (laughs) runs annually from July 3rd to August 15th, and perhaps few really, truly appreciate AC as much as Floridians, <laughs> and you can enhance that love by visiting airconditioningdays.com for the history of AC, which dates back to over 3,000 years, and there's even a 10-hour video of watching an AC window unit run. Enjoy the sounds <laughs> of AC. Me. Good times, and you know, stay chilly, my friends. <laughs> All right, enough of that, but on to last week was What's Your Moral Compass by Andy McDonald where we decided that while listening for God to be our guide, and if at times we get it wrong and go askew from his plan, if we're truly listening and praying from a desire to do God's will, he can put us back on track and for the plan that he has for our lives. If you haven't listened to the message or the accompanying podcast episode, you can do those both by going to hospitalchurch.org or, of course, the Hospital Church mobile app. So on to this week without any further delay. And a call to at least spiritually, possibly, change your vocation to a gate builder. Mm. Although the gate may not exactly be the type of gate you're immediately picturing in your mind. So, Jeff, this is your message. And early on, you outlined our welcome statements, which you can find on our website at hospitalchurch.org. And if you just click on the I'm New tab at the top of the page, you can actually read it for yourself. And I would encourage it's you to actually, do Actually, that so. was the abbreviated yeah, you kind of yeah. yeah, you left a little bit out, but yeah. it was but you can catch the whole thing yeah. there. And like I said, if you haven't been exposed to it yet, take a quick minute and do it before you listen because actually it paints a pretty good picture of what we're striving to be as we're talking about this gate. So, since the beginning, you said walls have been built to accomplish two main functions, to keep something out or to secure something from within. So I immediately thought, all right, well, as a church of all places, uh, needing walls, maybe metaphorically, to keep (laughs) what out and what are we trying to secure? Yeah, well, unfortunately, I don't think as a church it should have walls. We're trying to be a church (laughs) without walls, right? Right. But, um, and Andy and I have actually discussed this uh, at length, that a lot of churches are built much more for protection you know, keeping your children safe and keeping the, and I hate to say it this way, but keeping the ideologies of the church guarding, uh, guarded. And um, Mm -hmm. we're not here to put at risk, you know, and the things that we hold dear to. Sure. But on the other side of it, we were never meant to be a, a church that secures everything down, batten down hatches, so to speak, and not allow what is here to go out into the community. And that's, that was sort of the idea that it was actually sort of a play on words, so to speak, that being a church without walls means that we, we actually don't have anything that we want to protect. We're actually part of something that is like a, for lack of a better word, sort of free enterprise. We want everything to, to get out there. Sure. And uh, so anyway, the the idea was fortress mentality in a church, I think, keeps things from actually happening in your community. The good parts. Yeah. Because there's got to be some kind of a balance between that. I mean, you're, like you said, we want to keep our kids safe and, you know, you can't replace thousands of dollars of <laughs> AV equipment every well, <laughs> every time or something like that. Yeah, but that's, those are just uh, those, I'm looking at it from a more metaphorical, metaphorical of course. standing. but. 
you do obviously have some things. I mean, we we lock our doors at night, but that's barely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think everybody's got a key anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But no, speaking from the standpoint of creating uh, a, a freedom for people to know that this is this is not something that we try to protect, but something that we try to discuss. And we we I think we've talked about it here. We're mm-hmm. open hand, closed hand. Uh, that might be a better analogy. Yeah. Or uh, also, Jeff, I think that just the fact that a mindset that says the truths of God, which is what we're trying mm-hmm. to hang on to. Are there to protect us, not for us to protect, protect them. them. And, right. we, and when we change that, when we change that model, we become God's protector. We're screwed up. Yeah. Um, God is our protector, and we don't have to protect Him. He's, well, he's He's for us. And I'm glad we're just clarifying that because I have heard someone say, "Well, what do you mean a church without walls? Are we going to you know open up a tent and we're just going to all be hanging out outside? Or you know what exactly is this church without walls thing? Essentially, what we're talking about is the metaphorical. We don't want to have anything that's going to preclude someone from coming in and receiving what God has put on our hearts to take out to the world or holding us in that we Ourselves. won't go out to the world. Yeah, well, that's uh, true that's too. Sort of, I think the walls work in both ways, and, and yeah. oftentimes we begin to think that. God is within the walls of the church, and then there's the evil world out there. Yeah. And uh, I was just talking to Jeff earlier today, reading a book, and it talks about how, no, the, the whole world is God's house. Yeah. And so he's everywhere. He's, he's omnipresent, and we can find him anywhere. And so to begin to look for them in the ordinary, I, I mean, I, so, I just read this chapter, and so I'm ironing the shirt this morning. And I'm thinking, okay, what's this all about? And I, I, don't, I don't love to iron, but I do love the results. I, I love pushing those wrinkles away. And <laughs> nice crisp smoothing shirts. out. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and being able to think, okay, in my life, when I'm crumpled up and wrinkled, I don't like being ironed. But, but that can true. be a, a benefit to me as well. Yeah. That, it's a d- dumb illustration. Yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, uh, Sheldon, Dr. Sheldon. Dr. Sheldon. She, she mentioned something regarding, you know, we always want God to be on our side. And once we get him on our <laughs> side, we – we we put a wall around it, and that's that's our territory, and we got God on our side, and that's how the mm-hmm. that's how the walls kind of protect, keep this stuff inside because God's in here. And it's interesting she she brought up the idea when Joshua was ready to go fight and going into the land of Canaan, and he was concerned. You know, I want he wants to make sure God's on his side, and he goes up against this warrior who is God. God comes up to him and he goes, "Whose side are you on?" And God says, "I'm not anybody's side." side. Yeah, and and that was the idea was that these are all God's children, and so for us to think that we have something that we have to protect, that we have God's best theology, yeah, here. And the rest of you guys don't know God, and only and that's the protectionism yeah. that I think we need to get away from. Because there's always been that argument of you know brick and mortar is not holy, right. you know God's everywhere, yeah. but yet there's also those that'll say you know this is the sanctuary, so this is somehow <laughs> you couldn't do anything different in this space other than for that hour and a half of magic on a right. Sabbath morning that that's just. That's off limits. But we're New Testament Christians who believe that now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Not the building. <laughs> yes, yeah, so. and, and that was the gate. The the referring of the gate. This woman had this wall. She had a couple of actually large walls built up. The, the social stigma, yeah. the the aspect of you know her her religion. You know, again, their religion of the Samaritans or their you talk about the woman at the well. The woman at the well. Yeah. 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 
I'm sorry. Yeah, the woman at the well. And, and so Jesus is, he doesn't even mess with her walls. He just keeps building these pathways <laughs> these through those walls. Yeah. yeah, so that was the idea. That's the metaphor of this whole thing. And I think your, your sermon is to call us to be gate makers gate versus builders. wall yeah. builders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and I thought it also became evident when you talked about when we leave the church building on Saturday morning that we are individually – the church without walls. Yeah, that's and, the church. And it leaves with us to impact anyone that cross our paths because I think often we talk about, like you said, we're a New Testament Christian that says we, we're the, you know, your bodies are the temple to God. We're the, we're the church. We're the body. Wherever you are. But yet that also seems to leave itself at the door so easily <laughs> instead of like, oh, man, I just, you know, I can't wait till, oh, it's Friday night. Ooh, right, we exhale, and then it's like for for an Adventist, it's like okay, Sabbath yeah. is here. I can just sit down. I can enjoy my family. I can enjoy time, just kind of unplugging, and then right. I got all day tomorrow to look forward to. And then it's like, oh yeah, but now I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna put on my cloak of righteousness, seemingly, and somehow make it all better. When really throughout the whole week, right. that should be part of our routine. And, and how to and how to find God and His connection to us in the middle of a bad business deal going south. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, how do we find a message from God when the cop just pulls over and gave us a speeding ticket? I mean, so 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 that in other words, we we look for we look for the connections not only for ourselves but also for others. How how do we how do we build pathways to God? How do we recognize pathways throughout the yeah. week versus building walls of separation? Yeah. And even in the mundane, not just even you know, when when things are really bad or really good, just those times when Oh hum, oh hum, yeah. And those are the times that it seems like we're even more caught off guard than maybe yeah. the low points because, <laughs> eh, you know, yeah. things aren't bad. They're not good. It's just like, well, I went to the office today. I did my thing. I came home. Yeah. We had dinner and put the kids to bed. And okay, another night, another day gone by. And so, in our in the Gospels, we have about three three and a half years of Jesus' life that mm-hmm. we're told about, right? And <laughs> there's like twenty seven years before that, or twenty eight. That we don't have anything about. A lot of mundane days. Yeah. Oh, heading to the carpenter shop. Yeah, I got to go cut a tree up, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And so we don't, unfortunately, we don't have the stories of that ordinariness of just regular living. You know, somebody's got to get supper ready. Somebody has to go get water from the well. Somebody, you know, just whatever the thing, just a normal life. And yet God wants to intersect our lives 24-7. He wants to be with us all the time. <laughs> Not in some grandiose mountaintop, um, you know, um, Mount of Transfiguration moment, but just in the commonness of everyday life, and and to re- be able to recognize that that's that's part of our journey too. We can't always be looking for this special moment. Where's the next special moment? What? When can I get some goosebumps? Um, yeah. it's just the regular regular life. But yeah. those are great when they happen. Yeah, of course. Oh, they are. Yeah, but and that was one of my questions, and we've just totally, uh, pretty much ripped apart everything I had planned. So we're just going to, we're just going to wing it from here. No, no, that's perfect. It's perfect. But my question really came about was what do I do if I've incorrectly assumed this whole time as a member here at Florida Hospital Church or someone who's just heard about this whole mission statement thing about, hey, life, you know, the church without walls and all this. That's actually a vision. Yeah. A vision vision statement. statement, But what if I've incorrectly assumed this whole time that this is something that staff is working on implementing to reach our goal as a church Ooh. And I just participate on Saturday morning. I've never really put the two and two together. That oh yeah, the church. What when I leave, this is me. I, I'm the church with. Oh, what what do I do with that? If this has been my <laughs> assumption, because honestly, from 
certain comments I've heard from different people that when it's like, what's this whole thing yeah. that people that know I go to church here, what's that thing that church without walls business? What is that? Well, it's interesting because it's a church without walls fully engaged in serving the people of our community. <laughs> and we've spent time de- defining our community as basically anybody that crosses your path. Right. You know, anybody yeah. that's in your sphere of influence is your community. And a church without walls means that you're you're not confined to be the church only here in these four walls, but you're to be the church wherever you are. You are the you are the church. This building's not the church. Yeah. The, to your question, one of the things that we realized very early on, and at least in my ministry, is that there is very very few people that I reach. But when you consider a community of people in terms of how they interact and how they are able to make friends and relationships that are that are relationships of integrity or relationships that are probably closer and deeper than I could ever make. So in a sense, you're, you know, just like Jesus was able to come really close to this woman, there's op- opportunities all around our community for them to come close to other people that we would never reach. And so fully engaged I think in our community in terms of serving them is just more of a matter of saying how, you know, where do I see a need and how can I meet it? Well, I'm and, glad. Oh, go ahead. And, and, and the walls can also be very simple walls of, of time constraints. Hmm. Uh, yeah. We, you know, if, if I build a wall that says I have to get this done, I've got, I've got to stay on this task, then I'm not going to be open to listen. You know, True. I'm not going to be open to be, have that conversation that might move a person or move me down a spiritual path. So I think the walls are, can be really tricky. Anytime we build something that hedges us in or hedges people out, right, uh, or whatever that would be, can okay. be walls. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, we're not Jesus, but you know the way Jesus interacted with this woman was able to build this gate through her walls. And so let's assume that we're now ready to tackle this task, and we realize now that we're you know this is us. We're the church. We're the body, and we are the church without walls. So what do we do to understand what Jesus did? Because we aren't Jesus, and we can't see what's in the deepest, darkest places of others. Well, thank goodness, obviously, that we can't do that unless they share it with us. So how do we practically apply this story to ourselves interacting with others Without the same benefit of Jesus, how do we make the same kind okay, of impact Jeff, without counselor, that? Counselor, <laughs> counselor, I hear the well, one. Well, this is a good question because we didn't deal with that in the in the sermon. I have this feeling that this woman, because she was able to go back to her town very quickly and rally a number of people quite rapidly to come back out to Jesus. And Jesus says – it says he spent two days with these people. So apparently her influence in this town was well, well established. Yeah. And – my thinking was that Jesus made an intentional stop at Sikkar, maybe for this woman even specifically or for this town, assumedly, that he probably knew this story. There was probably enough – you know, Andy and I have been to the whole land, and it's a small place. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that big. So her reputation of marrying five guys – Probably was not necessarily a secret. And so now I'm not going to say that God doesn't know these things. And, sure. But what I'm saying is, and in regards to this, is that a lot of times we do hear rumors. And the problem is we use rumors against people instead of for oh, people. Mm. And so the rumors actually that we hear could actually be how we build this gate. Other people have used rumors to separate or to marginalize or to whatever – hurt even sometimes people. Let's figure out a way to make these rumors that we do hear a way of bridging and creating uh, gates through these people's walls because most of the time people feel like 
Nobody wants to. That would be a and, great turn and, to the positive. And, yeah. and in your counseling, Jeff, a new person comes and you don't know you don't know their story. No. How do you get their story? Well, obviously, the very first thing you have to get their trust, and you have to show them that you actually care. But of course, in counseling, they're there because yeah, they, they it's already you. established. <laughs> yeah. But you really have to be attentive. You just have to listen. And that's what Jesus did. He listened to the deeper words behind mm-hmm. what she was saying. Well, maybe we can apply this also as. Maybe, and I know this would be uncomfortable for a lot of different people, but for someone that you maybe know really well that may have some of these secrets that you do know, they're not rumors to you. (laughs) Maybe this is a way that you can actually speak to some of those. And maybe it's as innocuous as, hey, you know, I'm starting a Bible study and, you know, maybe we can study whatever that might have some pertinence to it without Mm -hmm. being awkward and really just befriending that person and just kind of taking that journey with them. That might be another way to do that. But I like what you said, though. That's perfect to not not take those rumors and make them something negative, but turn them into a positive. Yeah. And you have to be careful, obviously, because some people don't want you. I mean, Jesus said a couple things here that in our culture today would have been, you're you're really kind of crossing the line. But, you know, it was, he understood and he already had a relationship that was we don't know the whole conversation. Sure, sure. But the one thing that I do want to say, this week we're going to be talking about being a sanctuary. And then sometimes maybe we can't even speak to the person, but we can speak for that person. In other words, we can, if a rumor is coming or a rumor, so we hear something about somebody, we do have the opportunity at that point to not keep that rumor being spread. Yeah. Keep it from being spread. Yeah. And go to the person, have a conversation, yeah. and speak into it in a positive way versus, like say, Continuing this. Yeah, con- not continuing this is a rumor. Yeah. yeah. Well, as we're running quickly out of time, one of our FHC takeaways <clears throat> from this week asked, what kind of gates do you think are needed in the walls you see erected around you in your world? What would it take to start building them? How would your life be different if you were to build even one? Would love to hear what you think about that, and you can share that directly within the FHC mobile app, and you can share it using the media tab and then podcast banner right there. There are email and text buttons that you can share those thoughts with us. And finally, as we wrap up, I want to leave you with some of the last words that Jeff spoke this past weekend, and he said, Jesus wants us to become so familiar, so at home in his kingdom, that it becomes natural for us to see past the walls that others put up. That our concerns are not to win the petty arguments of whose path is right or whose agenda is more holy. He calls us to be the builders of other paths, other gates, that allow others to get past their walls and come as they are to lay everything down at the feet of him who calls us all his children. And doing this, we become a church without walls. And I thought it really couldn't say it a whole lot better than that. And that we hope that this week as you just listen to this and as you listen to the message that you think about that and how you may be able to be an independent church without walls. So we already discussed what's upcoming next week. It'll be Jeff or this coming week, I should say. This will be the last part. No, it's the second. And then there's a third one. And then a third one after that. So, well, you don't want to miss that. So until next Wednesday in episode 63, this is Randy for Andy, Jeff, and Tom saying thanks for joining us. And we will talk to you then.